This is the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, episode 14. Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Weekly motivation and language learning tips to help you become fluent in any language. Now, here's your host, Ollie Richards. Hello, everyone. Thank you very much for listening. I'm really excited today because I've got a special guest. But before I introduce that special guest, let's talk about today's question because it comes from Linda and she talks about something called laddering in language learning. Now, what on earth is laddering? Well, here's Linda to explain. Hello, Ollie. This is Linda from Germany and I'm currently living in Japan. And I've got a question for you regarding the technique of laddering. Um, what I mean by laddering is um, that you use a foreign language um, as a basis to learn another foreign language. Uh, so in my case, I'm a native German speaker and I've used English to learn Japanese. And I'm tr currently uh, trying to use a Japanese to learn Mandarin Chinese. Um, I was wondering, so when I mean using it at a, as a basis to learn a foreign language, I mean, for example, using dictionaries um, in that language. So in my case, that would be um, Chinese to Japanese, Japanese to Chinese dictionaries, uh, uh, as I'm uh, currently learning Mandarin Chinese. And um, yeah, I was wondering what your take on that is and if you ever you, uh, used a foreign language to learn another foreign language. Um, thank you very much. Okay, Linda, so thank you very much for your question. It's a really good question. And just to recap, so you've, you've mentioned this technique called laddering, and I think it's known by it in a, in a few different ways, but essentially what you're talking about is using one language to learn another. So in your case, you said that you've learned Japanese before and that you're using that Japanese to learn Chinese. And then before that, you learned English as your second language, and then you use that to learn Japanese. So it's really interesting. And I've done this a little bit myself, but I thought I'd invite on a special guest who's done this many more times than me. His name is Richard Simcott. He's a very uh, well-known language learner and polyglot who runs the a, a website called Speaking Fluently and also a, a very, a very uh, popular Facebook page called Speaking Fluently. So welcome to the show, Richard. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And so let's let's talk about this then. So so Linda uses the term laddering. Have you come across that? And what what do you understand it to to be? Well, um, I understand it as the way she's described it. So uh, the the concept and the idea of doing it is something that's known to me. I've never heard it called laddering before, but why not use that phrase? It sounds like it makes sense to me as well. Um, the, the sort of the the image that it conjures up makes a lot of sense. I tend to talk about bridging, so bridging across um, languages and language groups. So using knowledge from specific languages that you've already learned um, to help you in the learning of a new language. So Richard, in your own case then, which languages have you used as a bridge to learn other languages before? Okay, so... I've used a couple of languages in the past and for very different reasons, in fact, uh, for learning a new language. So uh, just working on, you know, the example we've got here of laddering. So using a, a sort of a, another language as a stepping stone to better understand the grammar or the vocabulary of a new language that's more similar in culture or related linguistically for whatever reason. So I'm sitting here in Skopje at the moment and I speak Macedonian as a home language, even though English is my mother tongue. Now, when I went to learn Albanian and Turkish, it made no sense to start from English again, because the way things are phrased, the types of things that you see in grammar, 
um, even vocabulary, are more similar to Macedonian than they are to English. And there are concepts that um, I'm already used to in Macedonian that have come from Turkish that, to be honest, would take a second to explain in, to me in, in Macedonian and would take me probably several lessons in English to understand why the grammar worked in the way it worked. Um, so in that case, then you've made kind of a conscious choice to do that because it made sense, the, the closeness of the language that you were planning to learn and that you already knew uh, made it made sense in that respect. Yeah, exactly. So um, even though the Turkish course that I was doing uh, was meant to be just in Turkish, any explanations that were required were done in Macedonian. And um, I found that that was a lot more helpful. Uh, for Albanian, the course materials that I had simply were in Macedonian. And, and it did make more sense because um, some of the, the, the borrowings from Turkish and some words are just the same or very similar. And... Um, and even some of the grammatical aspects of, of the, the Balkan languages actually resemble each other, even if they're not in the same group within the um, within the language families. So I, I guess, I mean, it would it be fair to say that one of the caveats for this is that you would need to speak the language that you're going to use as a stepping stone uh, like well enough to be able to understand these kind of uh, grammatical explanations, for example. I mean, if your Macedonian wasn't as good as it is, would you mm -hmm. then go back to English in order to learn Albanian? Or how, how good do you think your level has to be in that kind of stepping stone language before you attempt to use it to okay. learn another one? Yeah, I think that um, if, if you're learning a language particularly because you, you find that the language will actually help you learn the new language, then it makes sense for that to be a solid foundation. Um, and, you know, sort of what we describe as as fluent, I guess. Um, so you'd be able to, you know, learn in that language. I mean, I suppose that level officially is a B2. Um, universities talk about a B2 or a C1 level for studies um, in the language, in the country where the language is spoken. And that really means that um, someone's able to learn through the language. That doesn't necessarily mean that they speak it to the level of a native speaker, but they can certainly talk about a whole host of topics already and they know the grammar pretty well and they've, they've covered probably all the aspects of the grammar um well if not all very much almost all of them um by that stage and uh, are very at home with um, how the language is written and spoken in various forms and i guess one of the ideas is that you really want to start to to immerse yourself in this in your new target language as soon as possible right so i mm -hmm. guess i guess whatever whatever gives you whatever gives you that kind of that access to the new language the quickest yeah exactly so so i mean for me the important thing really is to, to switch over to the new language as soon as possible I, I i don't translate or think in an intermediary language when i'm actually speaking or learning a language it um it just doesn't make sense to me i can't think that quickly to be able to do that i know some people do and and I'm astounded when people can speak fluently in a language with that kind of translation process going on in their heads. Uh, for me, really, in the very early stages of language learning, uh, I, I start thinking in the language, um, even to the limited degree that I, I know it. Um, I just find that that, for me, is the, is the most natural way of learning anyway. Sure. But, I mean, so, in, so, so in Linda's case, then, I mean, she's talking about how she's, how she's learnt 
how she's learned Japanese and she's using Japanese then to go on to learn Chinese. So、mm-hmm. based on what you said, I mean that would seem to, it would seem to make quite a lot of sense, wouldn't it? Because、mm. you've got whereas the grammar is fairly different between Japanese and Chinese, you've got a lot of similar vocabulary. You've obviously got the the Chinese characters as, as a root,、yeah. and you've got the same the same kind of way of thinking. I、mm-hmm. guess that the Japanese way of thinking is certainly much closer to Chinese than、um, perhaps a Western way of thinking. Would you、um, suggest any? Would you would you sort of point out any particular advantages or disadvantages to what she's doing? I, I think the advantages are, are, are quite clear in terms of、um, like you know, for example, recognizing kanji or、um, recognizing even、uh, words that are used borrowings from Chinese into Japanese, and and just understanding them straight away. There, there are obviously false friends that that crop up in these in these languages,、um, so the meanings that are, are different. So the, the the characters may be the same, but the meanings are different, or maybe even don't make sense at all.、Um, the other thing that I think you you need to watch out for is, especially if you're not in a not in a more advanced stage in the language itself, is that there can be confusion between the language. Which is so that you you can get more mixed up. If you notice that, you'll 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 f- tend to see it quite early on, and I think that's your sort of your warning sign to go, okay, okay, is this the right way to go forward, or should I just you know find some some other materials in in English or another a neutral language that that is not less likely to be confusing for the for the language learning process. Yeah, so so looking for those kind of signs of strain in the learning process,、mm. I guess confusion, or even for example, if you. If you're confusing things in Japanese, then because you've been learning them in Chinese, and vice versa,、um, what you don't want to end up doing is speaking a, a, a hodgepodge of, of two languages,、um, because you, you're finding it difficult to separate them. I mean, of course, there's going to be a slight degree of that, but normally you you feel in your in your own head that okay, is this just a teething problem, or is it something that okay, I really need to get this sorted out and get a, a, a solid Foundation built before I start speaking both languages at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, so I guess, what to sum up? Then we're saying that if the, particularly if the two languages are similar, then it seems to it would make a lot of sense, providing that you can that you that you 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 speak your kind of、uh, stepping stone language well enough to be able to con- to comprehend、mm-hmm. and access the language that you're that you're learning. Would that be a fair summary? Yeah, exactly. I think that's a fair summary. the The only exception that I'm going to make、um, is if, for example, you go to a country and you want to practice the language of the country, it can actually help to do、um, a language course in, in another language to meet locals who are interested in maybe language learning or are going to be able to speak to you about very basic things. So this is the other example I've used. I wanted to use when I've lived in in countries like I lived in the Netherlands. I studied Greek for a year. And I didn't study Greek because I wanted to speak Greek particularly.、Um, I was interested in the language, of course, and I, I'd love to、um, always improve any language that I've started. But the main reason for actually studying Greek was to meet Dutch speakers, who would be able to interact with me in Dutch. <laughs> and、right. and and so you know, I learned a bit of Greek with it, of course.、Uh, but、um, the the main goal was to practice my Dutch. And the great thing about that is that. When you start a new language, you practice all of the very basic things again in the new language, but also you're always getting the constant translation in the language you're actually studying or the language of the country where you're living, and、um, so you get that practice. You're also learning a couple of words of a new language, which is always fun. But the most key, the key thing is you're practicing with the people and talking about the language with the people in the group 
normally not in the target language but in the language of the country and you can get invited out to go for something to eat or drink or something like that and you get the yeah. social aspect it can yeah, often that... work out better than studying the language itself with another group of foreigners who will then potentially revert to english yeah that's that's very sneaky i've often talked a lot about if you're if you're living in the country of the language you're you're learning it's great to go out and do take classes and things totally unrelated to what you're doing like on dance classes or cookery classes because then you get to kind of interact with native speakers in a in a really natural setting where you've got something in common to talk about um so that's a really great example because then actually in your because in your example you're talk, you actually get to kind of focus in on the on the language yeah. side of things at the same time but i guess the caveat being you have to actually be living in the country of the language that you're learning yeah, for that kind of thing you do, um, and and you know for that there is actually no real linguistic advantage of of learning Greek through Dutch, <laughs> because the languages are probably as unrelated as as English and Dutch, English and Greek. So, not actually gaining anything that way. Um, but definitely, you know, Linda's example and and what I discussed from my own experience as well. There is definitely a, a good strong foothold into the new language based on the previous experience. So I'd say it makes complete sense for to look at um, you know these uh, kanji um, you, you know through the eyes of a of a Japanese speaker. Um, just using that kind of uh, advantage makes complete sense to me. Absolutely. Well, Richard, thank you very much. And if you have a question that you'd like to ask me, then please head over to IWillTeachYouALanguage.com forward slash ask, where you can leave me a voicemail on this cool little widget I've got that you can just click a button and you can use your, your, your laptop or your, or your smartphone to leave me a message. And another way that you can leave me a question is by going to iTunes and leaving me a, a, a review. And you can leave a question in the review and I'll make sure I pick that up and answer the question on the podcast. Now, at the end of every episode, I like to leave you with a resource of some kind that's related to the, the topic of the call. And since I've got a guest on, I thought I'd ask Richard to pick something to, to talk to us about. So, Richard, what have you got for us? Okay, so in terms of, you know, learning languages and the best ways to sort of get into it, one of the things that we've been working on recently are the polyglot workshops. And they're really bringing expertise from people who have studied multiple languages um, over a long period of time to give advice and to give presentations, but also in a workshop environment, actually actively involving the participants and answering specific questions that are important to the people who come along. And if you want to check out polyglotworkshops.com, um, you'll be able to see where our next event will take place and um, how to sign up. Brilliant. So that's polyglotworkshops.com. I'll make sure I'll put the link to that in the in the show notes as well, which will be uh, at IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash for, uh, episode 14. And so just quickly, Richard, where, 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 are the, uh, where are the next round of workshops? Where are they going to be held? So we're going to have one in Budapest at the end of this month. And then we're going to go to London and we are going to Brazil. <laughs> Brilliant. So you get a bunch of trips in thrown in with the with the mix. Exactly. <laughs> Great. Okay, Richard, thanks very much for, for joining me and thank you for listening and I'll see you in the next episode of the I Will Teach You a Language podcast.